with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day. It's five o'clock somewhere. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick. Well, it's not Next Generation more. I must has to come up with a new name. Ghost Chronicles, the next next generation. I don't know. Anyways, I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsing. With me, joining me tonight is my good friend, uh, author and psychic investigator, Leslie Maudon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Ron. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Hey. Uh, yeah. So it seems like I just saw you. <laughs> recently apparently yeah so anyways uh hopefully we're going to get somebody else involved in two later on if uh, i have given them the number so they'll be able to call hopefully uh but uh if not we'll carry on as we will um so this past sunday uh we went out and uh did an investigation uh it, it was a huge place uh, it was called the Governor's Mansion, and it's it's several buildings. Uh, of course, we couldn't cover it the, the whole night. Uh, but what was your thoughts, I mean, when you first pulled up? Well, I had no idea where we were going. And so we were using my, my phone as a GPS, and it said, turn right now or whatever. <laughs> you have, have arrived at your destination. And we pulled into this place with this gorgeous manor house and this train station building and these giant barns and cobblestones and a windmill reaching up in front of us and i was like holy mother <laughs> what is this place and the energy on the property was so palpable that the the hair on my arms raised you know hmm. as soon as we got on the property i was i was really intrigued with this location that i had just driven on to it was quite impressive yeah i mean the, 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 like you mentioned it had all those buildings plus it had a, a stonehenge that was in the back and and also a caboose which i totally forgot to to go on i really wanted to go into that thing uh railroad car caboose and also it was a burial mound in the woods so i mean there were a lot of things on this this one little piece of property and I plan to do a show uh, in, the, in the near future uh, with the owner of this place. Uh, I'm a part, mighty, actually, I will broadcast from there. So uh, we will talk to him and, and find out much more about the property and, and his thoughts about it. And it even had some kind of a weird uh, psychedelic room. You know, what do you call it? Like a psychomantium chamber sort of type thing. Not really, but. I don't know what was it called. I don't know. Good. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a name for it. I can't remember names. You know that, but uh, I don't know. But it was pretty darn cool. Yeah, it was uh, just this big hollow thing, big room, empty room, like a dome almost, 
and I call it a dome. I don't even was it dome shape? No, it couldn't have been. But and in, in the middle of it was a chair with these two copper thingies, or rods that ran all the way down into the earth. This was like on the second floor, and there was uh, like a chandelier, a glass dome, and a chandelier with all kinds of uh, gem crystals in it. Uh, you know, not glass crystals, but gem crystals hanging down, and it was it was pretty bizarre. The whole the whole place was pretty strange. And the whole um, inside on the walls was covered with some sort of metal. It looked like I don't know stainless steel. What what was that kind of metal? Do you know? I have no clue. Absolutely no clue. When we when I do the show with the owner, then uh, we'll find a lot more about the whole property in itself. So I just kind of basically want to talk about the uh you know our thoughts uh what when you i know a lot of times when you go on an investigation you have certain expectations or you 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 have feelings i guess is a better word um did you have any feeling with because you never know where we're going for the most part mm-hmm. uh, uh did you have any feelings about this place before you get um, I did not have any feelings about the place before we got there. I ha- I went in totally blind, and um, I was shocked when we got to the property. Um, when when we got there, we were outside for a moment, and I just stood in awe and looking up at this windmill structure that was clearly very, very old. And um, it was just mesmerizing. The The whole place was mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. But I had no thoughts going in with <laughs> my empty headedness. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, I I had no preconceived notions because I didn't know where we were going. Um, sometimes I do get like an inkling, like um, a, sort of like um, a foreshadowing of what might come. But right. I didn't get that this time. Yeah, we did. Uh, when we went to Gettysburg, we, we rented a, a, a farm down there. Uh, this is old years back when Richard Felix came over and uh, Laura and I drove together. And when we were driving down there, we we kind of like visualized the place. We'd never seen it. So we kind of visualized it in our mind. And uh, so uh, when we got there, we were surprised because a lot of, of what we had visualized was there. Uh, yeah. it's It's almost like we had remote viewed it. That's really even, cool. Even though we had never seen it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Things like that do happen once in a while. Yeah. Um, I try to keep my mind as blank as possible before we go into a place because I don't want to like prejudice myself and mm-hmm. have these preconceived notions of what might happen or what's going to be there when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I don't, I want the, the information to flow through me instead of try to guess at it or, um, I don't know. You know, I don't want to, you know, force something that's not there. You know what always cracks me out, too, about you? It's like you're always like so afraid. What if I don't get anything? It's like, you know, well, what if you don't? I mean, that's the way it is. It's, I just it came for the is. ride. <laughs> it is what it is. And sometimes there's nothing there to get. Uh, you know, it's. Yes, but you know, I have this this desire to please people and I want Mm -hmm. to please you in every way possible. And I don't want to let you down in any way. I don't want to feel like Mm -hmm. I've let you down. So that's why I get I would never. 
I always get this, oh my God, what if I don't get anything? What if I let these people down, you know, sort of no. thing going on in my head. You know, I have faith in a, in a lot of things. I mean, uh, with you and, uh, you know, I mean, there are so many cases where I've taken people and putting them in situations where I know they could succeed and they did. Uh, you know, Kelly Spanley had never done a, uh, a, uh, a big seance before we did went to the Houghton Mansion and, and she did fine with it. Uh, uh, what's her name? Karen Ruck did, was it table tipping or something or at mm-hmm. the Yeah. And I mean, you know, she had never done it. So you can, you can do it. And, and the same with you. I put you in certain situations that I know you are succeeding, but you, you just because you have never done them before, you, of course, you're apprehensive about it. But uh, I don't know. It's just, I think we have these abilities that they're in us. We just have to, you know, have the faith in ourselves to unlock them and, and use them. And one of your abilities is knowing that, hey, these people can do this. I'm going to make them do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it, when we first got there, did you pick up on any particular energy i mean i know like you and i went one place uh we did a a special event for a a private event for a bunch of people senior citizens or something i don't know and uh we got there as soon as we got out of the car it was like oh my god indian i mean native american energy yeah it was so Uh, thick wasn't it yeah it was it was overwhelming but did you feel anything like that there or was it what type of energy did you feel when you get out of the car? You said your hair, your your hair stood up. Well, it's kind of hard to to describe sometimes. Um, it just like the energy was conducive for things happening there, mm-hmm. um, and um, it, it was almost electrifying in the air. Um, you guys were setting up in the windmill, and I was standing outside because I didn't want to go in there and then get used to the energy that was in there, you know, and make myself dead to it. So I kept going outside and. Oh, okay. That's what you were doing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you get inside and you acclimate yourself to a space and then you're like there and you're used to it. It's like if you come into the coal, you get used to the coal or used to the the heat. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I wanted to be fresh and spontaneous. So I kept (laughs) building. And while I was out there, I was very aware of a little boy that was um, belonged in the house but he was around. Um, and I don't want to skip ahead, but when we were in that room and we were checking out that chair with the, the giant uh, crystal chandelier in that strange room that we were in with the copper thingies that went into the ground, you and I were being silent and we both heard children talking to each other like they were outside. We both heard that. Yep. Um, it was an audible phenomenon that if the other people were paying attention and not having a conversation in the corner, they would probably would have heard it too. They were um, actually outside the thing, but they had the door open. I think if they had just closed the door, we would have been fine. But yeah, but, uh, but what I'm saying is it was there for everyone to hear. It, oh, yeah. So this is the kind of thing that when I came onto the property and you know, the electricity in the air, knowing that things were, were, um, you know, able to happen, that mm-hmm. was one of those things that, you know, I was ready to, to hear or, or experience because of the, the, uh, the energy in the area. Yeah. The, um, I mean, the, the property is so huge that it, you know, you know, 
you know, we just couldn't do it justice uh, that one night, especially I was shot here in the two. In fact, uh, I was hoping that the Browns would be able to call in, but uh, I had to ask them to, to give us a hand. So uh, uh, that uh, didn't work. Anyway, oh. uh, but I was, you know, hoping for I, we may go back again. I don't know. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. we'll see. There's plenty uh, more to investigate there. I mean, I mean that's the thing. The you know the there was a uh, caboose uh, on the property, uh, and I said, oh, I want to. I, I for some reason I wanted to check it out, and the, and, uh, the owner says, uh, well, you know, I, I, we don't have nobody's reporting anything there. I said, oh, that's even better. <laughs> right. I, I want to check it out. Uh, you know, just because somebody else hasn't picked anything out doesn't mean that there's not anything there, but, you know, just uh, psychometry, you know, of course, I'm very big on. So sometimes uh, an object like that, which is a huge metal object, uh, you know, could retain a lot of energy. I, w- I was intrigued to see what 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 type of readings we could get from it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not aware of with psychometry, basically, it's it's an object. You read an object, you just hold an object and you get certain images, smells, uh, sounds, uh, whatever, any of the senses uh, will come in. And you can sometimes build a story about this object. Sometimes it's verifiable and sometimes it isn't. Just because it's not verifiable doesn't mean, of course, that that didn't occur. It just isn't verifiable, that's all. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that would be a, would have been a fascinating thing, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we didn't get a chance to do it next time <laughs> what's that next time when you go and you have your interview with him you could probably do it from the caboose that's uh no this, the wi-fi you never get through that oh that's too bad it'd be a mess <laughs> well, you could go visit it anyway yeah i definitely could visit uh you know the the place was intriguing they had like i mentioned they had a small stonehenge in the back uh which he built it wasn't you know an ancient structure it was it was one that he had built and when you sat in there, though, it was it was very peaceful, though, wasn't it? Very peaceful. And it felt like you were contained within a building when you were actually outside. Did you notice that? You were aware of all of your surroundings, but you felt like you were protected. I don't know no. about the protection thing, but I, you know, I felt just the serenity of the, the, the quietness. Did he the, tell you why he built that? To watch UFOs or something. Yeah, he told me that, um, I don't know the dates, he didn't tell me the dates, but there was a a verified account of a UFO landing in the field across from his house, and two school teachers from the area were, uh, like, trapped, and they couldn't move from their vehicle, and it was um, documented. I bet your UFO friends from Newfor would know about this, and um, so he and his daughter built this Stonehenge out there so they could go out and, and, you know, search the skies at night to see if they could see UFOs. Yeah. Which is interesting. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, you know, the, the, the other thing that outside there, of course, was the burial mound, which we did once again, didn't have a chance to check out. Uh, the grass was not, cut to it in the brush when when i first scouted the property uh with jan and her sister 
uh, we couldn't get to it because there was a lot of brush and everything, and we were supposed to cut it, but they, were, they didn't get it done. Uh, but there's a path, a lighted path that goes into the woods to a, another uh, clearing that he's going to build. Uh, what do they call that thing? Oh, gosh. Um, it's like a wigwam, but I can't yeah. think of the name. Yes. Yeah. Like a sweat hut. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I forget the name of it. But yeah, he, so he's going to build that out there. So he had mentioned something about if you go down the path, certain thing, you can feel something different. And so you and me and Jim Stonier uh, traveled down the path. And uh, what were your thoughts on that? As we were going, it was a normal path, normal path, normal path. And then we hit a certain section and the energy changed. And um, I was like, ooh, it feels different here. And Jim says, you know, I don't ever feel anything. And I feel that the energy's changed. And so we went a little further and we seemed to have walked out of it. Um, so we came back and we found it again. And um, it felt to me like someone had been like chased down and attacked in that area. Um, and it felt like, like a residual kind of energy mm -hmm. from the memory. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. What, so, did you feel any of the energy? Oh, yeah. You could feel a shift, uh, you know, a, a difference in the atmosphere or, or how you want to say it. But you definitely could. There's a little yawn here. I couldn't get that, keep hold it in. <laughs> Don't you even start. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you could definitely, definitely feel it. And, and that's one of the things we talk about when we talk about energy is we, when you think of like, you know, are you feeling ghosts or are you feeling, you know, creatures or whatever? No, it's not necessarily just feeling almost memories. I, I would like to call it. It's what mm -hmm. you're really feeling to me anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's sort of akin to like when you um, walk into a room where your parents had been fighting and you can still feel the hate you know that they were expressing at the moment like a week ago in the room and you don't feel comfortable in there and you leave nah, my parents never fought so i wouldn't know that one <laughs> well just saying <laughs> <laughs> my dad was so quiet <laughs> was he my mother did all the talking oh, so you take after your mom do you i uh, excuse me <laughs> oh you're a talkative dude i am not Okay. Anyway, anyway, moving right along. So um, we did have some, well, I had a personal experience. Uh, I mean, we, we investigated the whole place, uh, the mill, the, um, what is that called? Windmill. Uh, it used to be a full windmill with the, the actual apparatus on the top, but uh, he wrecked it. <laughs> Oopsie. He spun around too fast and it, it flew off and shattered so he's supposedly going to restore it but uh anyway so it's several floors and you go up to the different floors and now now we're talking about energy so our atmosphere so as you what was the atmosphere as you went up to different levels okay so when we were on the first floor it felt like someone may have like used it as an apartment maybe shortly like lived in there or something. Uh, when we went up to the second floor, the energy changed um, to a more, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to express it. Um, 
more accessible for spirit activity. Mm-hmm. And my my um, focus was immediately drawn to the stairwell that went from the second floor to the third floor. And I felt like um, spirit moved through that area often. So we went up onto the next level of stairs. And when we got to the top of the stairs on the third floor, you walked into this like cloud of intense energy that felt completely different from where we just came from just a few stairs below. Um, It was palpable. Everyone could feel it. Um, So, and then we went up to the fourth floor and the energy changed again. That was more like a, of a, a water energy. It felt, in fact, I said that this feels more like a lighthouse because of its, um, its kinship to water. And there was a bed in that and the bed didn't really fit in there. And we found out that a cistern of water used to be in that room. Um, but there wasn't much um, energy going on in that room. Uh, the things that I got in the windmill, um, like people, there was this spirit lady who, um, she was a younger woman about 20 years old and she was wearing a blouse and she, um, she didn't like it when people did the wrong thing. So if you were going to do something wrong, you were going to pay. I felt that she had been seen there, that she walks through there, that she can move things, that she touches people, um, and that she can make herself seen like from the windows. Um, and when we were in that room that you were talking about before, I think it was, was it the second floor? Was it the second mm-hmm. floor room? Um, Doug, who was with us, smelled lavender in there. And um, our host, George, said, well, that's one of the the signs that she's around that you can smell her lavender perfume. Um, So she makes herself available that way as well. Um, It was it was full of spirit energy, that windmill. It was amazing. I really enjoyed being in there. I thought it was interesting in a lot of aspects, especially you going to this staircase thing, because. As you notice, we we set up cameras on the staircase, and that's one of the places that he had told me that, uh, you know, there there is a associated activity. So when you ran right to it, then I said, oh, wow, okay, she's picking up on that. That's good. That's a good sign. Um, so, you know, that's, that's like almost confirmation in itself. Um, I asked him, sorry, I asked right. him um, when... Um, are people seeing movement in here? Do you have confirmation of, you know, movement in here? And he said that security cameras go off all the time and there's no one there, but they're always, you know, being tripped by something. Yeah. We, we don't know what's, uh, we haven't had a chance to analyze, of course, all the, the uh, video we took cause we had, uh, we had cameras set up in all the floors at the uh, windmill, and uh, so we have to go through them. Uh, but we were also plagued all night long by uh, equipment problems with uh, things not working properly, which was quite annoying for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, everyone's battery strained. Um, people thought that they were recording when they weren't um, because the the recording devices shut off my um, recorder that I had with me so I could document everything that I was saying and what we went through um, automatically said I'm full 
when there was nothing on it. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of uh, strange things going on with our equipment. And yeah. every every piece of equipment had something wrong with it. Even even our host, uh, you know, the equipment they used were having problems as well. The radios, we couldn't work the radios. The radios kept zapping out on us. We had no clue uh, what was going on with those, but we couldn't connect by radio. They were uh, zapping out. So I don't know. I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder if there was, you know, like electromagnetic field or some type of thing uh, running through the... You know, because he was like big into, you know, like all the uh, Zen pulse stuff, all uh, the uh, copper and stuff like that. And then I wonder if that interfered in a lot of the things. I'm not sure of my, myself. That's just a thought. It doesn't not saying that it is or isn't. Right. But I don't think there was any. The only copper that was in that building that we were in was in that Ouija board that was made out of orgone. Oh, yeah, so, we didn't even get to that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was an interesting experience for me, but we're coming up to the break, and we'll, so we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting place. Uh, you know, th there is so much to see and, and do there, and we're going to talk a little bit more about even the house and and the the cellar uh, the, the and, and a lot of other intriguing things on air as well and i think we might even be able to touch on the red light saying as if we have time i'm not sure but uh anyways uh so uh you're listening to ghost chronicles uh next generation with ron Kolick. my special guest is leslie Madden, and we're brought to you right here on uh oh we're right right here on toji i can't even get my words out today on Tojinet Radio, two hours is too long for me. <laughs> <laughs> Tojinet Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Log Road, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for three bucks a month and get access to exclusive material like Ann's new video on uh, cemetery tripping. So check it out. Coast Chronicles Radio, Patreon. We'll be right back. a paranormal event book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. back you are listening to ghost chronicles next generation right here on tojinet radio and wherever all good podcasts are being played i am ron Kolick, and my special guest today is leslie mudd and i want to give a shout out to john and uh jan uh who are members of the dead air society on ghost chronicles radio on patreon um they listen to us and also support us uh, for three bucks a month. They get access to a bunch of videos that only our Patreon members can receive. Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. I also want to mention that uh, Spirit Quest Beyond the Veil, Spirit Quest 2023 Beyond the Veil, I think it's our 12th year or 13th year, is uh, happening this October, no, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Uh, go to anyghostproject.com and you can get all the details, anyghostproject.com. I also want to give a shout out to uh, two people that uh, who have reconnected with me, um, Barbara Christine, uh, who uh, used to go to all of my Spectral Evans uh, events I held in Salem as part of the Festival of Dead. Her and her niece uh, went for years, and, and every year they sent me a uh, a message asking where I can be found and if they're going to be they're going to be in the area and they'd like to see us again. They had such a good time, and I want to give a shout out to Lisa Novak, who also uh, uh, used, went to one of them and uh, has also uh, enjoyed it and and uh, became friends with me again on Facebook. So thank you guys for you know connecting and uh, being part of uh, our group. So back to Leslie, are you there? Yeah, yeah. I didn't lose you. Huh? No, you didn't. It's <laughs> pretty hard to get rid of. <laughs> so just before the break, uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, ex- a personal experience I had, and, and you had too, because you were part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the second floor in the wind, windmill, there was a table in the middle, four chairs around it, and uh, there was a some type of a little antique game. Uh, I forget what it was. You would move letters around in it, and in the middle of the table was this box with a Ouija board. It, but it was a special kind of Ouija board. It was a what was it? Oregon. Oregon spelled Ouija board. You're right. Orgorn is the, the type of room that that guy built, too, with the chair. And... Yes, it's um, Orgon is I have a pendulum made of it. It's copper and resin. And he also said he puts, uh, I think, stainless steel in his 
and yeah. some steel wool or something like that in that box. No um, whiskey. So it, it's a layer, uh, a layer no effect. Whiskey. No whiskey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a layered effect that um, helps to um, conduct energy. Ah. Uh, speaking of uh, whiskey, you can also get Van Helsen special spray at Positively <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, if you go check it out on Estee, which is actually Etsy, I guess I've been saying it wrong all these years, but there's a surprise to there's, no one. That's a shock. To no one. To no one. <laughs> so yeah, it's Etsy.com. Yep. So uh, Positively Brilliant. Uh, check it out. Uh, there's also a bunch of Reiki infused candles that my good friend. Um, what's her face? Leslie Martin, uh, yeah, <laughs> makes so check it, check it out. Anyways, uh, so we we try, you know, we 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 decided to do a little table tipping there. So the four of us sat around the table. Actually, I think it was virus. I think uh, Tony stepped in too. Sat in too, right? Yep. And we had Sue and Doug oh, yeah. and you and me. Yeah, Steps and I had a, and I sat on the party. You did down the chamber pot. <laughs> mm. But anyway, so we, we thought we'd try a little uh, table tipping and we couldn't really get it to do anything at all, really. Uh, it was almost kind of like you felt a little bit in it, but nothing really. To mm -hmm. So we decided to, I thought to you, you decided, so why don't we put our hands in the box? Mm -hmm. So we put our hands on the uh, Argani box there, whatever the hell it is. Was it Argani? Close. That's how you spell it. Argon. Argon okay. box. Okay. So we put our hands on that. And uh, it, almost immediately, I felt like the surge go into me, which, you know, I, I'm not you know, trying to say anything other than just telling you my experience of the night. Uh, and I could feel it like surge into me and it, it was like so strong and it kept getting stronger and stronger the longer we stayed on there. And eventually it was like really powerful. I felt really, really weird. Um, and at that point, I think I put my hand on your hand. Yeah. Oh, did you do it before? Oh, I thought you. Oh, no, you're right. You, we just had our hands in the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you added that pot. <laughs> you did. Uh, right. So, yeah, because I wanted you to yeah see if you could get it because I thought it was I didn't know it was if it was attempt to communicate or, or what it was. But there was this just strong energy flowing through me and almost to the point where I, I could feel like I could levitate. And so I wanted to see if I could. So I actually picked my foot, feet off off the floor. Um, and the next thing I know is like I, I kept feeling like I was going to rise. And the, the back of the chair went up and uh, it got really, really strong. And uh, you kept saying, do you want me to let go? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, felt like I had to hold you down because you felt I felt like you would... <laughs> You would take off, you know, I, I was holding your hand down. I was physically putting pressure on your hand to keep it on the table. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that your feet were off the ground. I had no idea that the back of your chair, the chair legs on this, it was a solid wood chair that had a commode in the bottom. So mm -hmm. it was a heavier chair than normal. And the back legs of your chair were off the floor. 
Yeah, the, I had taken my feet off. The, I'm not saying my feet raised to the floor. I had lifted my because I felt that I could levitate. So, but I didn't want it. So it was just a feeling that I would just stand up. You know, you know. In other words, I would stand on my feet and and then just raise my my upper body up. I wanted to, if I was going to really levitate, I really wanted to levitate. So I wanted to make sure that I had no pressure on the floor at all. Uh, so to, to make myself go up, because I, I really felt that I would levitate. And, uh, you know, jo uh, the owner of the place was there. He was recording. He could clearly see the whole thing. And, uh, yeah. Why do we stop? That's the only thing I can't remember why we stopped. Um, I believe that you felt that it, it the time had passed. Okay. So like it wasn't going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. I'm... So we ended up stopping, and I did not float off to the ceiling. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, maybe it, if I had let go. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Could have floated up the third floor. <laughs> <laughs> it is run over Portsmouth. Unidentified <laughs> Ron <laughs> floating. <laughs> U UFR? Don't worry. We we would have filmed it, but it wouldn't have recorded on our cameras. Because... Oh, yeah, that's true, true. That would have been totally useless. Uh, nobody would have believed it. No, no. I would have probably got shot down by the Coast Guard or something. <laughs> it's another Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so anyways, it was over. But after it was over, I looked at my hand. I had this huge, you know, the size of a quarter, I would guess. Uh, a little bigger imprint in my hand and what did it look like to you i know we got pictures of it. everybody says we got pictures hopefully you got pictures of it it was a circle inside of a circle so it almost looked like a, a giant washer you know sort of like a, a a giant washer had been placed on your hand like it was um with great force and left an indent on, it almost looked like trying to tattoo itself on your hand See, I saw it a little differently. I saw it like almost like a C inside of a a, a semicolon, like you know how you have that A that's in the uh, yes that type of thing. I, that's mm -hmm. the way I kind of saw. It. And and I saw a little peripheral off to the side, but I don't know if that was my um, regular life signs that are on my hand, you know, with palmistry mm -hmm. reading stuff. Uh, but anyway, so it was there quite a while. We we did take pictures of it. Uh, hopefully, we have it. We didn't take any stills, though, did we? I don't know. Ah, shoots. That would have been great. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, unfortunately, I took my wrong phone with me. I, I have a phone with night shot that I use on investigations, but I took the other phone, which was the one for... Uh, but the interesting thing about that mark on your hand is that part of your hand was never touching anything. It was right. always in the air. Um, so Ron had his fingertips on the argon box. And the rest of it was floating out in space, so to say, um, because yeah. <laughs> um, so nothing on that part of his hand was ever in contact with anything else during the whole time we were sitting. Mm -hmm. which so, is, I, which, I, I was trying to figure out where it came from because we thought, well, maybe it came from the box. But no, it was on the, almost almost to my wrist. That's how far deep into my hand it was. Right. And, my, and what I had was my fingers on the. Uh, box, right? Right. Up That's to maybe your knuckles, right? Yeah. It was yeah. your first set of knuckles and then the rest of your hand was hanging yeah. off. 
I'm very careful about that. Even when we do table tip, and we, you know, as as I mentioned to view as many times before, that uh, we have been doing the red light seance for 12 or 13 years now. And one of my big things is, is that you know your hands have to be away from the edge of the table, uh, so you don't manipulate the table and and try to be more on the the tips of the fingers rather than the the palms. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, uh, I also found out that Jan Jan told me because Jan St. Jan, my wife, was downstairs uh, monitoring that particular room on the base camp, and she said that there was like a a white cloud or uh, like a mist. Yeah, mist. That's a better word for it. Yeah, mist around us at the time. So. I don't know what that was, but uh, it's something, once again, I haven't seen it, so I, I will have to look at it because it, it has hopefully <laughs> been recorded. Right. <laughs> Lord. But, but it, it, and all in all, it was, you know, that was an interesting experience for me. That's something I didn't expect. And, uh, yeah, I just, just was uh, kind of made me say, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm. That's one. Uh, Yeah. So we we went over to the the house next, uh, and we went to uh, the dining room. Did you go in the dining room right away? No, we didn't go in the dining room. No, we did not. Yeah. Go go ahead. Explain that. Go ahead. So Ron and I were the last ones in. Um, Everyone filtered into the dining room, but we did not because I felt I needed to go directly to the bottom of the staircase and look up. Oh, hang on um, a second. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Jan's here. Okay, Jan. Describe what you saw in the camera. Jan's, Jan's actually here, so she's going to describe what she saw uh, in the camera when we were upstairs. You got to put the headset on, huh? Okay. Come Well, <clears throat> when the rest of the group was upstairs, I was downstairs monitoring the camera with um, Dave. Doug. Doug, excuse me, Doug. And um, there was this white thing that kept flashing. It almost looked like um, Casper the Ghost. It had like, um, how can I describe it? It was almost like an amoeba, but it was white and it kept flashing a couple of times, stopped, and then I think one or two more times after that, which was, you know, really bizarre to me. I didn't know if it was just a computer glitch or what. So what did you think of the night on the whole? Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, immensely. I don't really have many feelings of um, the supernatural or anything, but The buildings were very interesting. And when we went to sit in the dining room and um, Leslie was at the end of the table and we were all sitting there and everything. And interesting things that came up that were verified by George that uh, Leslie mentioned. And she didn't know about them ahead of time. Um, So the, the house obviously has a lot of history. And a little boy died in one of the outbuildings, um, George said that he was smothered. Now, I don't know if he was murdered or 
if he was smothered because it was a grain mill. And maybe, you know, there was an accident and a bunch of grain came down and smothered him. Um, so that was very interesting. I wish I could have seen every every bit of the house. That was my main interest. But it was it was very, very, very interesting. All the old objects, the old tools on the wall in the uh, the mill and stuff like that. It's just it's just phenomenal. So I did enjoy it very much. Thanks, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. So there you go, first hand account. That's what she saw. That's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, anyway, let's, let's get that video so we can all see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were we were going into the house. That's where we were last time before Jan came in. And um, as Jan said, everyone was going into the dining room, but Ron and I were the last ones in. And he's like, Les, come here. And so I was like, what? what? And so um, I stood where he was standing. And all of a sudden, I, I was just drawn to walk straight toward the base of the staircase and look up. And he's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I did when I first came into this house. I had to go to the bottom of the staircase and look up. Um, and it's almost like someone wanted to know who we were and it was checking us out. Um, but it was like, I was on autopilot and I just had to go. I just had to be there. I couldn't stop. I couldn't pass go. I couldn't collect $200. I had to just go to the base of the, uh, the stairs. Yeah. So it's your, yeah. your experience was similar to that, right? It's exactly like that. Not similar to it. As soon as I walked in with George, and this was the first time we did it there. Uh, we did the, George is the owner of the house, by the way. Um, when we, we, Jan and I and his sister went there in the daytime. You know, we came into that house. Uh, he was taking us into the dining room again. And once again, I had to stop. And I, I asked him, I said, can, can I go over that? And exactly what he said, yeah. And so I went down there right to the, the stairs and actually had to go up the stairs because it was just drawing. I have no idea why. And then you did the exact same thing. It almost said the exact same stuff. So that I did. So I thought it was really amusing. <laughs> Put it like <laughs> mutely. I thought it was deja vu all over again. <laughs> so yeah. anyways, after that, we went into the, the dining room and we sat around the table and uh, you, you connected with certain uh, spirits in the house and you, you, uh, I, did you say connected or just, I don't know how, how you, was it a connection or was it just you, you saw him? With the boy, there was a connection. Um, he connected with me, with me when I was outside, so I knew he was there. He knew I was yep. coming in. Um, so there was a connection there. Um, he made himself available for me to see how tall he was and, you know, how old he was. And um, uh, we discussed that when we were around the table. Um, I was also very aware of a woman um, who was older, older, older. And she was at the top of the stairs. She's the one who was up at the top of the stairs. Um, and uh, later on, when we were doing an EVP session, um, we asked if anyone would like to speak to us. And there was a response of yes. Um, we asked, what is your name? And uh, clearly said, Michael. Um, we're not sure. Um, we have to, you know, verify 
what was going on in the background at that point because someone did move, but you could hear the word Michael nonetheless. Uh, and uh, the name Sarah was presented to me. Um, so I asked who Sarah was. And right. uh, yeah, and that's those were some of the things that came to me. Um, I was also aware of uh, George's connection to the house and how the house kind of um, called to him and made him come and changed his life and um, his the trajectory of a uh, trajectory of his life and um, stuff like that came up in the uh, in the dining yeah, room. The house is so funny because it's almost like the Winchester house. He just keeps adding to it. And I mean, not this house in itself, but the property in, in general. Uh, it just keeps adding and adding to it. So, uh, yeah, it's intriguing. Uh, one thing I forgot in, in England, you just reminded me when you talked about the the woman and the thing is when we were in the, the uh, second room of the mill, I mean, the windmill, uh, we we tried to do tables up, and I believe it was. Uh, I was picking up on a woman, and you were picking up on a woman. You picked up on a younger woman, and I picked up on a older woman. You did. Uh, and as it turns out, they're both there. Right. Um, one thing that people get confused with on haunted locations is like um, someone was saying at the end of the night, and he haunts the mill and she haunts this place. That's not how it works. They can go anywhere they want to go. So it doesn't matter where, you know, maybe, maybe he was there when they were there, but maybe he's not there all the time. You know what I'm saying? And um, they were saying that the younger girl is in the house, but she was clearly with us in the mill and the older lady was clearly with us in the in the mill because she presented herself to you. So, you know, um, just because you're supposed to get this person in this room of this part of the house doesn't mean you're going to get them there. And that's not the only place you can get them. You know what I'm saying? So um, I mm -hmm. remember I was on an investigation. Oh, gosh, I think it was. Um, oh, that old furniture maker's place. Got me there. Yeah, you did it. Yes, at the SK Pierce Mansion. And oh, okay, yeah. And um, I was getting someone in a room, and one of the attendees is like, "He doesn't come in this room. He's over." <laughs> you just don't know how it works, buddy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you know, people get—they think that there are rules and structure to this, and it's spirit is everywhere. Spirit is everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm getting off of my soapbox now. <laughs> that's right. No, no, that's fine. That's that's fine. The uh, one one thing I do when I want to make a disclaimer is is that I don't consider myself a medium or a psychic. And, and when I tell you that I get this, this is just impressions that I get. It's not necessarily that I'm connecting with the spirit or anything. It's just simple impressions that I receive. And and as any type of a good investigator you must report everything you feel see hear and sing so that's part of what investigating is is you must report that stuff down so i'm not trying to be call myself a psychic or a medium i'm just telling you what i felt uh, oh at the time okay so and all in all it was it was a an interesting investigation uh we really 
you weren't feeling good and, and we were shot handed. So we, we couldn't go too long into the night, unfortunately. Um, but there is so much more we, we could have investigated. And I would have, you know, loved to because, you know, in the daytime, I saw quite a bit more. I mean, we, we went to the cellar. We didn't even mention the cellar. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about the cellar. Uh, we also went down to the cellar. We didn't do anything uh, investigative wise in the cellar other than impressions, right? Right. Because down in the cellar, you, you had quite a bit of things going on. You had He had built a jail cell down there. Uh, he had all kinds of uh, uh, memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, collectible. Uh, everything from shrunken heads to exercise stuff, exorcist stuff um, to... He, go ahead. He had a brace from World War One that was on somebody's leg. <laughs> you know, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, okay, yeah, signed record albums, signed guitars, uh, anything and everything. He had a poker table built over a well that was had a glass top and, and was lighted. Uh, I mean, it was a lot, a lot of things. You know, one of the, he had one of the, you know, the interesting thing I, I found anyways was he had one room that was a uh, a health room, I guess. you There was a work, a full gym in there, don't get me wrong. There was one of that. But he had this other room with like a sauna and um, a tanning, was it tanning bed? Yeah, there was a tanning bed and, and a, a massage and a table. Massage table, yeah. And it when was you the went most, in, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That's what I was gonna say. When it you was went the in there, most peaceful place I've ever been in my life in that massage room. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. It felt so good. It did. It was very calming and comforting in there. That, that's a trigger. We talk about atmosphere. You can see a shift in the atmosphere if you go in from one room to to another. Um it that's that was definitely i mean the only time that i've ever felt anything like that was the first investigation that was ever done at the houghton mansion and uh we we were there all night long we stayed all the night in fact we ended up sleeping in the mason's hall and that was the one part of the the mansion that had that same serenity to it uh it, i noticed it changed over the years but uh that particular first night it was that same serenity that I felt in that same room that, and the room at uh, the uh, place we investigated Sunday as well. Yeah, that same yeah. feeling. Yeah. But, you know, the energy, that, I mean, we, Steve and I talked about it before, but oh my God, two minutes, we got to go. <laughs> oh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Oh, well. Um, anyway, we do have to wrap it up. So uh, thanks for listening. We were talking about uh, our investigation Sunday at the Governor's Mansion. And uh, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrick Street, McLuhan, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier family. Well, I grew up 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, like very good friends and Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member, have access to exclusive stuff. In fact, Steve's going to give a preview, preview of one of the chapters of his new uh, upcoming book around Christmas Ooh. time. So look forward to that. And uh, also check out uh, Spirit Quest 2023 Beyond the Veil at anyghostproject.com. Check out lesliemartin.com, L-E-S-L-E-Y-M-A-I-D-E-N.com. And check out Positively Brilliant on Etsy. Etsy. (laughs) I got it. I got it. It took me a minute. I had to correct myself. I was trying to be really careful. Oh, you're a good guy. Yeah, so Leslie, thank you so much for joining me today and uh, 
as usual, more adventures are coming as we two weeks we go to Rhode Island. Good night, everyone. Wait. God bless. Bye bye. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.